We have some splaining to do. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back to them or welcome back to us? Well, fucking all of us, okay? Just welcome back. It's been a while. It's been a while. We took an extended absence. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Jesus. It wasn't too long. It was only two weeks. Like, it feels like a lot longer, but we it was only two weeks. Uh, I think we missed three episodes. Okay. Well, sorry, guys. But we're back. We are. We're back. I had some... And we're back. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I had some some break breaking down I needed to do. But I did. And here we are. Moldavite and all. Okay, so... <gasps> yeah. The last three weeks have been a lot. A lot. A lot, yeah. So we won't go <laughs> too much into it. But it was well needed. I think so. I think it was needed. I think... Yeah, a lot's happened between then and now, and do yeah. you feel better? Depends on the day. So, like, I have my I have my days where I'm really, really down still, but then I have my days where it's, like, I'm starting to feel that strength again, and so I just kind of power through. So what we did was we recognized that we were struggling, and we took a break because that's what you need to do. You uh-huh. need to give yourself time and recognize that the things that love you will still be there when you are better. Yeah. So that's what we did. And then we came back to the pod after our, we gave our minds the, the vacation that they needed. Yeah. So. Yeah. And now Chelsea has Moldavite and I have braces. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. So the way I got Moldavite is. Well, okay. And we talked about Moldavite in our spiritual episode, but for yeah. those of you who don't know what Moldavite is, it's a very powerful stone. It's going to. Fuck up my world. It, it enhances and speeds up your spiritual journey, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, and it also, like, helps expel anything from your life that no longer serves a purpose. So it, attracts- it will do it yesterday. Quickly. Yep. And it attracts the things that are meant to help you grow. So right now, I feel like the universe is just throwing lesson after lesson in my fucking face. Because um, I was numb for a long time to my spirituality. I kind of just, like, cut it off because I was so busy. I was always working and I've got kids and, like, I was always running. Um Cause I would work 40 hours a week and then I was also doing school and then trying to be a parent. And like, so I kind of put my spirituality on the back burner, but after all the shit that happened when Em and I took that break, she texted me. It was like the first Sunday or something that we were like, we're going to take a break. It was like that first week. Yeah. I was like, Hey, what are you doing? Want to hang out? And you're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, Hey, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, I'm actually on my way to Hill city. Cause there's a little crystal shop up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Em's like, what are you getting? And I'm like, I have no idea. But there's something in there for me. And I fucking walked in. And this is the one we went to where Em was looking for Moldavite. And I couldn't find it. So I know that it's not, <laughs> I not in the cards in. for me right now. I walked in and it was right fucking there. Like my soul was like, you need that. And I was like, fucking Moldavite. That's what I'm here for. So I ended up with Moldavite. Um, I also got like a selenite mm-hmm. necklace because that's supposed to help kind of offset some of the intensity. Um and just kind of keep me protected from like the negative shit because with Moldavite, it basically wrecks fucking everything, but it also opens up that world to where negativity can become attached. Yeah. Um, so the selenite supposed to offset that. And then I ended up with some new tarot cards and then came home. And so far I feel like nothing has like imploded. Um, but I know I feel more ca- connected spiritually. Well, I think you've gotten a lot ballsier too. <laughs> Like you Maybe. came, you came into my house today, like ready to wreck shit. 
And I, you're like, this is what happened today and fuck this and fuck that and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm here. I'm here and I hear you and I love you. But that was not the Chelsea four weeks ago. Well, I think a little bit of my spice is coming back, which is good because like I haven't been this girl that's like so confident and so long. Right. That I kind of forgot she was in there. So good. my balls are getting a little bit bigger. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Happening. It's the Moldavites. It's the fucking Moldavites. Give me big dick energy and I'm just going to live with it yeah because I, I think i've always kind of had it i just watered it down for people because i didn't want to be too much now i'm just like well here we are yeah so that happened i got braces last week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, nothing nothing really behind that <laughs> she just fucking needed braces just got needed braces and got them <laughs> great i'm so. really glad you have those <laughs> So, so let's see it's been a long time so we didn't record i think we recorded the last one we recorded was before easter yeah so like i said a lot's happened in between then so let's just talk about what we did over easter that was a fun weekend well for the most part it was a fun weekend what the fuck did i do over easter oh left <laughs> <Venus> house. <laughs> Easter egg hunt and both my kids got a bike. That was so fun. Well, Aiden, I got very sunburned. I got very fucking sunburned. Mm-hmm. Very sunburned. But like Aiden actually picked up an egg where he got a free bike. Um, and then Avery didn't. But this little girl, I knew her dad, and her dad was like, Hey, Chelsea, um, have all the bikes been claimed? And I was like, I don't know, I think so. And he's like, Well, she got one talking about his daughter, and he's mm-hmm. like, But she's way too big for any of them. Does your daughter want to claim her bike? And I was like, that's seriously like the sweetest thing you could have done. Cause Avery was so sad. And like the look on her face when she got that ticket, it was ridiculous. And then Chris came over and like helped take Aiden's training wheels off. And like, it was fun. So then after that, we had like a water fight. Oh my God. That was fun too. It was chaotic. Yeah. Cause we had a, excuse. Uh, whoa, whoa. This <laughs> is like, I didn't get to go. Deuces like water fight. Yeah. We had water balloons and water guns and. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then we went to dinner that night. And then our movie theater opened back up. Oh, yep. So we went and saw the Croods. So we went and saw the Croods. Um, that was a good night. And then my day imploded. Like, the very next day, it was like... My day fucking exploded. Yeah. So there was that. Well, we went to go have Easter at Davina's. And Davina, God bless her. She's like... The food and oh, it was so good. Yeah, she spent the whole day doing that. It was, she's the bomb. So we got to hang out there and then Chelsea I disappeared. had a fucking mental breakdown and I was like, I got to go home. So I went home with a bottle of wine by myself and got a little bit fucking shitty. Hey, it's what we needed. And then that's when we decided like, hey, let's give the podcast a break. Yeah. And so here we are. I think we caught them all up now. <laughs> Welcome to the shit show. <laughs> All aboard. <laughs> Fuck. School, it feels good to laugh again, though. School's almost over. Thank God. I For need... you. I have another year, but I graduate in December. So you, I have one more semester than you do. Yeah. So, like, this summer, I have to do a summer residency class and then, like, two credits of internship. And then I have two classes in December. And then I'm done. I have my internship left and then that's it. And then I'll be done in May of 22. Party central. Yep. We're adults. 
We sure are with master degrees. Just call me master. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does. It feels good to laugh again because I feel like I haven't like laughed, laughed in fucking weeks because I've just been on the self-struggle train so hard. I've been on a healing journey for sure. And it's been sure. a fast one though. I don't feel like I'm fully healed yet. No, no. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm glad we can recognize that. Nope. I'm still, it's still a healing journey. My heart has taken a fucking beating, but. But we're getting out there and like, we're doing fun things that we haven't done in a while. And yeah, I feel like I have my, it was hard for me. And I'm over here like Chelsea's struggling. Feel bad for me. <laughs> Poor me. But it did. I like, I felt I was mourning the death of a friend. Yeah. Like it sucked. Like you can ask my husband, like I was just miserable and like, I was just like, man, like fuck Chelsea, <laughs> fuck Chelsea, man. Look what she's doing to me. And like, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, I miss her. I just miss, I just feel like, you know, Chelsea's not Chelsea and like, I don't know. It sucked. But now it feels like we're back to a little bit more normalcy and I'm getting there. Yeah. When I like, when I struggle like that, I shut down, like everything inside of me just kind of, mm-hmm. So I was in total shutdown isolation mode mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm finally starting to kind of like make myself do things again. Like I played music last night and I played it again today and I made myself stay in bed until 10 o'clock. It's been kind of nice. Yeah. I love, um, <clears throat> we went to fish bowls this weekend mm -hmm. with the other Chelsea. So I've legit never had a fish bowl. Well, you didn't have it. Well, I'm on call. <laughs> you didn't have it this weekend either. You know, I'm on call next weekend. So if you want, like, I can be the DD this time. No, I'm a terrible drunk. And with how little I drink, I would drink one of those and be fucked. There, it was good. <laughs> I'm sure it was, but I get drunk on two glasses of wine. Like, you think my ass needs a whole fishbowl? Maybe forehead and I'll share. No. Anyway, so yes, we went to fishbowls with forehead and then we had a little witchy night at your house and... Which was fun. It was fun. I like spending time with her. And I, I even have, I have it noted in here. I know, I don't know if she listens or not. But. She does now because she's our friend. So. <laughs> um, when she talks about her job. Oh my God. Oh, goosebumps. She, I have never seen someone light up the way that she does when she talks about like her career. Mm -hmm. I love it. Like she like, I don't know. Just that passion. Like you can see her passion come out through her oh fucking pores. Yeah, like it's the beautiful. second she begins talking about what she does, it's just like the room. Like it's like the world has paused and she's just like, we're just living in it. No, it's, it's her world and we're just living in it. It's beautiful. I love <sighs> it. I love her. Anyways, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything else. I don't. Other than an apology. <laughs> an apology? For like going MIA on our like four listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not going to apologize for taking care of my mental health. Absolutely So not. if you're mad at me suck my big dick energy right now and if you're not mad at us we are going to remind you that we do have a listener support oh yeah i have the link but maybe i won't we can link it um on the instagram and the facebook at mental health sucks yep and um you there's different choices there's 99 cents a month 4.99 a month and then 9.99 a month and yeah there's that yeah, so we'll sh we'll share that link and just remember that like we're not hoping to become rich off of this, but if we do, it'll be completely off of donations of our listeners. Yeah. So if you love us, <laughs> whoa, okay, Lucy, Lucy's like donate. <laughs> Jesus. 
No, she's we a just, fucking hype. We man. just want to be big and loved like Karen and Georgia. Oh my god. So okay. Uh, oh, I got we- a new tattoo. We got new tattoos. Yeah. Do you want to talk about yours first or should I talk about mine first? So I got two, one above each ditch on my arm. And they're just like little moons. Like I have, so I have two arms. <laughs> you do? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> one arm is my flower arm. And the other arm is like my hippie witchy shit arm. And so I got like two little um, symmetrical pieces to go above each ditch for each arm. They're beautiful. Yeah, we'll put them on the gram. And what did yeah. you get? I got um, a phoenix with like a dancer in the middle on my sternum. How is it healing? Good. Look, I'll show you. Let me see your boobies. I Isn't love. And I realize, watch. She flies. <laughs> if anybody wants to know what just happened, I squeezed my non-boobs together so that wow, my cute. fucking phoenix would flap its wings. But no, because I I need that reminder. All of my tattoos are a reminder for something. So like I needed that reminder that no matter what I'm going through, no matter how low I am, like I will always fucking rise. Mm-hmm. I always pick up the pieces and gracefully will rise out of whatever fucking pile of shit I've got on top of me. Right. So what is that? <laughs> I don't know. Mom, are you okay? Mom, are you okay? Those look like Brussels sprouts with a lot of cheese mm. and steak. That that actually, like actually looks kind of good. Okay. What are we talking about today? Um, Jesus Christ. We're like 15 minutes. We don't have any questions because we took that break and I just didn't. I do have some questions. Do you? (gasps) And you've been keeping them from me. Well, we were on a break. We were on a break. (laughs) Okay, Ross and Rachel. Okay. So Lindsay sent us. um... Wow. Hang on. She has a lot of texts with me. I thought you were saying she has a lot of questions. And I was like, me too, Lindsay. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, she says, are mental health apps healthy? Depends. And I guess I d- you have to specify what kind of mental health app you're talking about. Because I don't know. It depends on the app, I guess. Yeah, it depends. They can be. I mean, I think it, it's like anything else. Balance is everything if you spend your entire life on there. But I recommend them to clients a lot. Especially the mood tracker apps. Um, cause it helps you kind of just get an idea of what's going on. And then you can identify like if there's a certain time of day where your mood is low consistently and you can recognize those patterns and try to figure out what those triggers are. Right. So they're, they are healthy and helpful, but it <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> but it does she just gave you the dirtiest <laughs> look? She's like you, you fuck off. Okay. Do this. But it, it depends. It depends. So make sure the ones you're using are credible and I will, um, I'll try to get some of the ones I recommend a lot. The virtual toolbox, virtual help box. Fuck. I don't know if that's the right virtual something, but it's the one that the military uses for veterans with PTSD. And that's a good one. Wow. Um, and then she gave us two episode ideas, which I think could also be questions, but um, one says what to do when your career is having a toll on your mental health. Do you switch locations of your job? Do you change careers? And then the other one said therapist or patient who is in charge. Let's tackle those as questions. Cause I don't know if we could get like a whole episode out of yeah. either one. So that, that first one, what do you think? I think you can definitely take a break and reevaluate your job. I don't know if you'd reevaluate career. I guess it depends on the, the, how detrimental, like the toll is being yep. taken. And I, I would say 
don't make any major career changes when your mental health is not well. Right. (laughs) Like you have to, it's kind of like chicken or the egg. Like you have to take care of your mental health first. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend going and talking to somebody seeking consultation, talking to a counselor. Mm -hmm. If you just fucking hate your job, that's your call. But I mean, I would say definitely don't. No, like big changes. Yeah. Yeah. I think reevaluation is my answer. I like that. I like that. Yep. You know, kind of like we did step back, reevaluate your life, make sure you're where you want to be. If you want to be in that career, like, is there a place for advancement or why are you sitting like a princess? Oh my goodness. <laughs> she said, okay, I have an opinion on this. What are they, Doozy? <laughs> oh, now you're quiet? <laughs> she just fucking burped. Sicko. So, yeah, I mean, I think everybody at a certain point has those times where mental health, their mental health will be impacted by their career. Right. And so it just all kind of um, depends on (laughs) – that was a really awkward pause so that we could take a picture. Right, right. Um, It just – it yeah, I'm fucking rambling now. And then the other one said, therapist or patient, who is in charge? Patient. A hundred percent. Yes. It is not my job to tell you what to do. You are in charge of your own life. My job is to be there to support you and guide you because at the end of the day – um, I don't call them patients. I call them clients. But at the end of the day, the client is the expert of their own life. Mm-hmm. We are simply there to listen and support and empower and guide you. But you fucking know your life. You are 100% in charge of your therapy. And if you're not, then it go to a different therapist. Unless you need somebody to be in charge. Right. Good questions. Yay. Okay. Now that we're 20 minutes in, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> well, we've covered some pretty like um what's the word i'm looking for some pretty in not in depth but like more intricate diagnoses mm-hmm. um and so we're gonna cover a little bit more basic one today which is depression okay. excuse you Sorry, excuse me that was like the littlest burp i've ever heard i was like eh. <laughs> yeah so let's do it depression do you have a dsm of depression up right now or no yeah Um, well, so let's start with talking about the difference between sadness and depression. You can say like, I am depressed, but that doesn't mean you have depression. Mm -hmm. Being sad is a normal part of the human experience. It's a very normal emotion. The difference is when you experience something like clinical depression or major depressive disorder, you have to have a change in your previous functioning and it has to impact your daily living. Mm -hmm. Um, the symptoms have to occur for a period of two weeks or longer. So it can't just be you're sad and it can't be related to like grief or loss or major life transitions. It has to just be in and of itself for two weeks. You have a huge change in your mood. At least one symptom is either depressed mood or loss of interest or pleasure. So you also have to experience five or more of the following in that two week period. You feel sad or irritable most days, nearly every day. You're less interested in most activities you once enjoyed. You suddenly lose or gain weight or have a major change in your appetite, you have trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, or sleeping more than normal, you experience feelings of restlessness, you feel unusually tired and have a lack of energy, feelings of worthlessness, helplessness, hopelessness, or guilt, um, often taking things you wouldn't normally, often about things that wouldn't you wouldn't normally feel that way about, any difficulty concentrating, any thoughts of self-harm or suicide. So those are kind of like the major things that we look for when we're looking at major depressive disorder. Is it because it's such a 
common diagnosis, easy to misdiagnose. Um, cause what was, what, what was the diagnosis that we did not too long ago that we were like, it's super easy. Excuse you. She's just looking at my flower at it. Like it's, <laughs> she's like, I love this crystal. <laughs> um, we, there was a diagnosis we had, and I can't think of it for the life of me that we talked about on the podcast. Um, that was like commonly misdiagnosed with depression. And it was like super misdiagnosed because of that. Um, I don't remember which one that was. Okay. I don't remember. I don't know that I would say misdiagnosed. I think it's definitely kind of like um, a lower level diagnosis that a lot of clinicians start out with because mm-hmm. they might click all that criteria, but you can't, it's it's better to underdiagnose than to overdiagnose because you can always go back and say like, okay, well, they meet all the criteria for major depressive disorder. And then you start seeing some other symptoms that are like, oh, it's not just MDD. Like there's some more things on top of that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm sure it is misdiagnosed. Absolutely. But a lot of times it's just one of those diagnoses that um, it's kind of like underdiagnosing, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. What are you doing, Rana? I was trying to figure out what it wasn't bipolar. It might have been bipolar disorder. I don't think you're going to find it. I'm just going to say that. Um, <clears throat> keep your tongue near. So there are, while well, you're doing that, I'm going to keep talking. There are three different types of depression. <clears throat> so there's sad seasonal affective disorder. Oh, I was like a day. <laughs> you're like sadness, seasonal affective <laughs> sadness. Disorder. Okay. <laughs> Major depressive disorder or, and dysthymia, which is also persistent depressive disorder. Pretty much similar symptoms. Some Okay. Okay. <laughs> So. We haven't potted in a while. Oh, didn't well, get it um, similar symptoms all the way around. With dysthymia, it just is more chronic. It's like there's no no changes in your mood. It's just chronic depressive mood all of the time, all day, every day. Yeah. Okay. That's all you have to say about that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I brought up um, talking about like coexisting or common um diagnoses that like are that piggybacks or is besties with (laughs) you know who's depression's best friend where are you going i'm trying the window god you were like mid-sentence and then you got up and left bye i was was planning on you picking up where i left off no i wasn't okay so coexisting diagnoses Mm -hmm. question mark oh are you asking yes fuck i don't know okay well Move on to the next thing, then, and I'll look it up. <laughs> okay. We got commonality. Commonality. What? How common? Oh, it's probably one of the most common mental health diagnoses. <laughs> Let's see. Data suggests from 2017 that more than 7% of adults have experienced a depressive episode in their life, which seems very, very small, but it's actually a pretty large number. Um, <clears throat> there's not really an exact cause. So there's lots of factors that go in to major depressive disorder. A lot of it is um, fucking what's the word? Brain. What's that fucking word? Brain? <laughs> like brain chemistry. Genetics. It's genetics. Some of it's genetics. Some of it's chemical balance in your brain. I'm getting there now. Fuck okay. off. <laughs> um, genes, stress, reduced ability to maintain mood. So there's lots of factors that go into the risk of developing it, but there's no exact cause. So especially individuals who experience extreme trauma are more susceptible to developing depression. 
alcohol and drug use, chronic medical conditions, chronic pain, um, certain medications and chronic use of those. So those are just some common things that can play into the development of major depressive disorder. Which I think is interesting that medical, <clears throat> you said that as soon as I was reading this, that medical disorders contribute by um, biologically to depression, which is like, yeah. Well, think about somebody who is in pain all of the time. Right. That shit, like when you are in chronic pain, your likelihood of developing major depression, major depressive disorder is way higher. Heart disease and depression. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Depression occurs in 40 to 65% of patients who have experienced a heart attack and 18 to 20% of people who have coronary heart disease, but who have not had a heart attack. After a heart attack, patients with clinical depression have three to four times greater a chance of death within the next six months. Holy cow. That's crazy. Men and women with depression are at an increased risk for coronary artery disease. <clears throat> And then they also have things for strokes. Depression occurs in 10 to 27% of stroke survivors. An additional 15 to 40% of stroke survivors experience some symptoms of depression within two months after their stroke. Um, depression or Cancer and depression. One in four people with cancer also suffer from clinical depression, which makes sense. I'm surprised it's not higher than one in four. I know one in four is still a lot, but yeah. <clears throat> Um, depression is sometimes mistaken as a side effect of chemo. We've got diabetes. Um, people with adult onset diabetes have 25% chance of having depression. Depression may also affect as many as 70% of patients with diabetic complications, eating disorders. Mm -hmm. um, research shows a strong relationship between depression and eating disorders in women. And then we already know mm -hmm. that um, substance use is a bestie. Mm-hmm. Um, common symptoms of depression and other medical disorders would be weight loss, sleep disturbance, low energy. And there's also um, depressive symptoms co-occur with like bipolar disorder. Um, a lot of the personality <clears throat> disorders also may have some co-occurring depressive symptoms, anxiety. So are you ready to talk about treatment? Yeah. So I didn't think about this before. Mm-hmm. But now I am because I'm reading it. Okay. Think about it. So we have a whole list of treatment options, right? Yep. 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 I know one of yours was therapy, obviously. Mm -hmm. I'm reading this. It says, and I know you have lots of opinions on this, so I'm excited to talk about it. Yay. Nearly 74% of Americans who seek help for depression or symptoms of depression will go to primary care physicians rather than mental health professionals. Yep. 74%. That's a big number. Well, if you think about it, you're more likely to go to your doctor and talk about this stuff than you are to seek out a therapist because you're already established with your primary care physician. I know, but... Do I like it? Fuck no. No, absolutely not. I think it's great that they, they can do that, but I'll tell you, like, I got a fucking five-question screener before they handed me some antidepressants. Mm -hmm. That is not how you diagnose. It's an easy way to misdiagnose. It's an easy way to medicate when medication might not be necessary whatsoever. There are times that I'll sit through a 90-minute assessment with somebody and talk to them about everything under the sun and still not feel ready to assign a diagnosis. So do I think it's great? Yeah, I think it's great that they can do that. But I all I, I really do think that there needs to be that collaboration of care where the MD or the PA or whoever 
says, hey, I know an awesome therapist. <laughs> yeah. Send that referral to a therapist. If you're right. handing out antidepressants, you better be handing out a fucking referral to therapy. Uh-huh. Because it's not just medication. Medication is not an, an yeah. end-all be-all. It has to come with therapy to, to teach those proper coping skills and to teach, you know, to go through what's going on and process any trauma and explore mm-hmm. the roots and the triggers and whatever. Medication is not the answer. It might be a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the entire picture. You have picture. to have both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Um, some more stats in primary care settings. I have the rate of depression among those with medical illnesses in primary care settings is estimated 5 to 10%. Among those hospitalized, the rate is estimated 10 to 14. We already kind of talked about how they relate to medical problems. Um the more severe the medical condition, the more likely the patient will experience clinical depression. Unfortunately, the diagnosis of depression is missed 50% of the time in primary care settings. Because mm-hmm. they don't always ask. Well, that, and I think, like, when we talk about conditions, like, okay, so I'm thinking about, um, oh, I'm thinking about my mom. She had a slipped disc, Right. And they went in and it was like, it was a pretty serious surgery. You know, when they, you have a slip disc, um, when they go in to fix it, they go in through the front, not the back. Yeah. So her slip disc was in her neck. So they made a cut right here, crossed her neck and just went (laughs) and moved everything and got it fixed. But after that, there was a lot of depression. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of it had to come with the use of like the painkillers or, um, I actually, her doctor, if, 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 if I'm right, <laughs> I feel like her doctor said that with this procedure, a lot of depression does come. Mm-hmm. Or like I've had a surgery and they warned me like you're going to be very, very depressed after this. You might because a lot of when you have procedures and you're a lot of pain after you're like, what the fuck did I do to myself? And like, mm-hmm. you're like, I can't move. And like that and the, like the body trauma, like the amount of shock and body trauma you go through can change chemicals in your body. Exactly. So if you're in a primary care setting and you're recovering from a procedure or something like that, you might be post-op something. Um, are you depressed or are, is this a result of the procedure or something like that? Of yeah. course there's going to be 50, but 50% of a misdiagnosis is pretty high, especially for something that is so, is such a common diagnosis, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. All of those stats were from mental health America beautiful yes you're welcome so treatment we talked about antidepressants um and the most common antidepressant that's given out is an ssri that's a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor serotonin is like the happiness um Mm -hmm. neurotransmitter right and with depression you are not releasing enough serotonin and so um, SSRIs are frequently prescribed to help inhibit the breakdown of serotonin in the brain, resulting in higher amounts of the neurotransmitter. So it stops your brain from breaking down serotonin as much. That way you can have more serotonin, thus increasing your mood. Um, serotonin is a brain chemical that's believed to be responsible for mood in general. So people with major depressive disorder often have low levels of serotonin. And the SSRI can help relieve those symptoms by increasing the amount that's available to your brain. <laughs> So things like fluoxetine, Prozac, Celexa, those are some pretty, pretty gen- general antidepressants that are given out. 
Um, but more than that, like we talked about, it can't just be the medication. Yeah. Therapy is a huge part of managing major depressive disorder. Think of, so think about like the youth you see. How many would you say struggle with depression? A big chunk. So like what are what are some of the ways you help them? Coping skills. Big, 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 big coping skills. Um, identifying informal supports. Establishing support systems. Mm-hmm. Those are all big. And I know what you're getting at here. It's all piece of the puzzle. It's a ball. I wasn't going to fucking say anything. <laughs> it's, a long, it's a big puzzle piece. This looks like a crayon. Yes. <laughs> yes. It sure does. Can you pause it? I have, or wait, maybe he wants to be part of it. Hang on. I don't know about hey, that. Hey, say hi to the pod. Oh, what up, pod? <laughs> <laughs> These fuckers are so weird. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. Um, so talking about therapy and teaching coping skills. Therapy, the reason I'm such an advocate for therapy is not just because that's what I want to do with my life, but because therapy can help you with so many different things. It can help you identify the triggers to a depressive episode. It can help Mm -hmm. you connect coping skills with each trigger. Mm -hmm. It can help you come up with a relapse prevention plan. So if you do experience a depressive episode, um, what do you do? What do you do? If you, how do you I how do you know that it's coming on? Yep. If you struggle with self-harm, we can help you find alternative coping skills to use before you try self-harming. If you have suicidal or homicidal thoughts, we can help you identify those and work through a plan as to what you're going to do when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also like crisis adjustment skills. We talk about what to do in a crisis. We do cognitive restructuring where we look at the negative thought patterns that you have and we refocus those into a new positive one. Um, increasing self-esteem, self-satisfaction, control over your life. And there's so many different types of therapy that you just have to find the one that works for you. So one thing I said, I was like, let's fucking talk about neuroplasticity. And what that is, is it's like your brain is so fucking amazing. And so you can struggle with like negative self-thoughts and depressive thoughts and all of these things. And you can literally rewire your brain Mm -hmm. to think positively with things like affirmations. It's really fucking cool. I love doing positive affirmations with my clients. That's it. Okay. (laughs) That's all I was going to say. Now I'm going to save this one for the last because I know you're very excited for it. Um, What other non um, medicinal treatment can we have for depression? You bring up therapy, which is good. We kind of talk about self-care in there too when we talk about like all the different coping tools and all that good stuff. Nutrition is a big one that you brought up. Yes. Are you asking me or do you want to do it? I'm asking you. I'm sure that you know more about like the vitamins and everything that can improve your mood and stabilize your mood. And- um, I don't know a lot about them. I know like magnesium and B vitamins. I would say B is a big one. Those are some big ones, but not even just that. It's like what you put into your body. So if you're sitting around eating potato chips all day long, you're not. I have a couple of vitamins. Sorry. Off topic, not off topic, but interruption. I have a couple of vitamins that are um, for mood health. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all. Great. Take them. <laughs> okay. Take them. I do. Trust me. I try. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what you put into your body really matters. So make sure that you're eating foods that are full of vitamins and minerals and those micronutrients that you need for brain health. Because like I said, if you're just sitting around eating Cheetos all day long, you're not getting any <laughs> nutritional value out of that. And a lot of the, um, a lot of your depression can come from nutritional needs. So 
Check your diet. There's like a quote from somebody. I don't want to say it's Robin Williams. You keep talking. I'll find the quote. I haven't. I Okay. That was it. Psychedelics. Oh, so I found this article. Um, and there's a small trial about using psychedelic mushrooms to treat major depressive disorder. And it, uh, so the small trials are in phase two of a clinical trial um, in London. So it's the first randomized trial to compare therapeutic doses of the psychedelic compound that's found in mushrooms as a daily medication. Um, and it's saying that in the phase two part of the trial, what they're noticing is this psilocybin, I think is how you say it, is at least as good and probably better than the current gold standard treatment for depression. So they're basically, they're basically like giving individuals struggling with depressions some psychedelics and then seeing how they do. And it's it's as good as, if not better, than the current treatment with SSRIs. And is it like quicker too? If I feel like with psychedelics, it'd be a little bit more like instantaneous than mm. having some Prozac. Let's see. According to the results so far, individuals, all but one, all but one of the 59 who did this report better mood and a greater improvement in their depressive symptoms than those who have been taking Lexapro. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I mean, it's just a six week trial and it's the only one out there right now. I think I didn't really do a lot of research into it, but um, it's just, it's interesting because people are starting to branch out outside of medical SSRIs. Yeah. So that's cool. Mine cool. So the quote I was talking about, it wasn't Robin. It was Jim Carrey. Oh, have you seen this quote? Uh, maybe read it to me though. So there, um, <laughs> it says, I believe depression is legitimate, but I also believe that if you don't exercise, eat nutritious food, get sunlight, get enough sleep, consume positive material, surround yourself with support, then you aren't giving yourself a fighting chance. Valid. So love it. Love it. Jim Carrey. I love that man. Even when he wanted a little cuckoo bananas. We all go a little cuckoo banana sometimes. Zoom in on my last three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's funny. Is this, this is not Jim Carrey, is that? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> Doesn't that look like Johnny Knoxville? No. It looks. You're fucking crazy. It looks a little like Johnny Knoxville right so there. crazy. Okay. Um, I found this really cool thing. Ten hidden traits of depression. And so I'm going to read these because it's not all like sadness. Oh, yeah. You no. know, when normally when major depressive disorder is portrayed, it's usually people who are like dragging their feet, super sad, super melancholy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here are some hidden traits. Um, being highly perfectionistic with a constant critical inner voice of intense shame. Demonstrating a heightened or excessive sense of responsibility. Having difficulty accepting and expressing painful emotions. A great deal of worry and avoidance of situations where you cannot control them. You intensely focus on tasks using accomplishment as a way to feel valuable. You have an active and sincere concern about the well-being of others while allowing few, if any, into your in inner world. You discount or dismiss hurt or abuse from the past or the present. You have accompanying mental health issues involving control or escape from anxiety. You hold a strong belief in counting your blessings as well as the foundation of well-being. And you have emotional difficulty in personal relationships but demonstrate significant professional successes. 
So. Very good. Very good. I think that's all I've got on the topic today. Me too. Woo! It's good to be back. Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) there's that. Um, If there's anything that you would like to hear from us that we have not covered yet, go ahead and shoot our Instagram a DM or Facebook at Mental Health Sucks on both pages. And shoot us some questions or some ideas. We need all of them that we can get. Yep. You got the quote? I do. It's by Atticus this week. And the quote is, put your head up, he said, for you are a lion. Don't forget that, and neither will the sheep. Fuck those sheep. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And that's That's our cue. (laughs) Make sure you water yourself and your friends. Goodbye. Goodbye.